Otherwise with Nancy Richards. Thanks very much, Asanda. Otherwise, it is indeed with me, Nancy Richards, and uh, also with Hazel Mikrozeni and Derek Fordyce, and with you. And what we have on Otherwise today, Talking Women, we've got happy and sad stuff, funny and serious on the show, quite a mix. Starting off with the happy stuff, I'd say, some really good reasons to make your own handmade pasta. That's with a cook that's as Italian as a length of spaghetti. She's Emma Freddy, and she's here with me in the studio. Buongiorno, Um Buongiorno. Lovely to have you with us, whatever that may be in Italian. After that, we're going to have some serious sisterhood in our women's organisation slot from both locally and overseas. We're always looking for women's organisations, museums, galleries, whatever it may be. We're going to be talking to the immediate past president of the Seroptimus International. She's here from Northern Ireland to celebrate the Cape of Good Hope chapter's 50th anniversary, and that's something to celebrate, I would say. Then after that, the sad stuff, the Documentary Filmmakers Association present Filmmakers Against Women Abuse. We'll find out why and how that's going to manifest. And to close with a little bit of humour, a little bit of black humour, in fact, with actress Ntombi Makuchi, who has something to tell us about a black comedy production called Song and Dance. So that's what we've got lined up. So what's news? Well, I'm going to keep the what's news very brief because I think our first two guests have got lots to tell me. And uh, just briefly on the back of the fact that the show that we did the other day on Wednesday in our help desk, we called it What Are You Fit For?, and this one is especially for Asanda Mazzognani, and I have to tell you, because uh, it comes from the latest issue of Fair Lady magazine. It's an article called Too Busy to Exercise. Well, they've got some tips on how you can do less and burn more. Listen up. They're very simple, and there are just six of them. The first one is you wear a red string or band on your wrist that you associate with squeezing your glutes. So each time you look at your red string or band on your wrist, you'll remember to do some contractions. There you go. Then you decide that each time you walk through a door, you will suck in your abs. I promise you this is serious. Once you associate the action and exercise, it will become second nature. Meetings are another opportunity for working on your abs while you're busy concentrating, clearly. Suck them in and hold for the contraction for just one minute. Number three, associate phone calls with walking or standing versus sitting. So each time you pick up your phone, use the talk time to walk around the room that you're in, providing nobody's watching. One of their favourites here for glutes and thighs, each time she says, I sit down on a chair, I get up and sit down again five times in a row. Trust me, you'll feel the burn. Nearly done. When you go to the kitchen to make a cup of tea, keep your triceps toned with my signature move, standing push-ups. Don't even ask. Oh, yes, here we are. Stand facing a wall with your arms straight out at eye level and palms on the wall. Bend at the elbow to do 20 standing push-ups. Push your body back from the wall harder each time in controlled movements. And hopefully nobody will be watching you. And last but not least, while you're watching television, move. If you have a stationary bike, elliptical trainer, treadmill or a stepper, use it. Well, there you go, Sand. I hope you were listening to that lot. And don't forget, when you pick up the phone, walk around the room. You're listening to Otherwise. Stay with us. Gear yourself for 22 exciting regular Friday evening appointments because Nuit for Nuit is back. We're going to rock you again with brand new music challenges, bubbling contestants, brilliant guest artists and our red-hot bands. Kick off your shoes, phones off the hook, on with your music hats and come and sing, play and laugh along with us. See you every Friday evening at 7.30 on SABC2 for the usual fun and games associated with Nuit for Nuit. Can't wait. Yeah. 
Join me, Hilton Tarrant, every weeknight at 6 for the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. With breaking business news, expert analysis, investment insights and the story behind the story, we're helping you make sense of the markets and your money. That's the Market Update, weeknights right here on SAFM at 6. Otherwise, on SAFM. And right here on SFM, it's otherwise talking women. Well, I wonder if you've ever made your own pasta or if you're like me, you're the sort who, I'm afraid, buys it conveniently in a, in a dried and ready to go in a fatty moni's pack. And I have to say, shame on us all. Well, in the studio with me, I've been boasting we have a real live Italian cook who's exuding pomodoro and passion. She's Emma Freddy. <laughs> and uh, she offers real Italian cooking courses at the prestigious Enrico Rocca School right here in Cape Town in Weinberg, in fact. Lovely to have you with us, Emma. Thank you. I expected that you would be quite fat and covered in flour, but you're neither of the above. I had a shower before. (laughs) But do you manage to keep yourself... I mean, don't we always associate pasta with being a little bit overweight? How do you manage to? Yeah, look, it depends which sauce you're putting over a plate of pasta. And, of course, if you do exercise or not, if you just uh, fill up yourself with pasta and carb, of course, you will get fat. And it's also gene and uh, and many other effects. But uh, it is a little bit unfair to say that pasta makes you fat. Yeah, I think we've all been listening to too much of what Tim Noakes has to say or doesn't have to say about pasta. But interesting that you should mention there uh, if we do exercise because we were speculating on this uh, pasta making and maybe that's another way of using your abs and, you know, rolling out the pasta. No, rolling you, pin. Ro- get a rolling pin, use those, use those muscles. The bicep and the tricep. Absolutely brilliant. That, now, there you go. That's one very good reason for making your own pasta. Um, do a lot of people make their own pasta? I mean, as I say, the shelves are filled with it. Why would you make your own? Sure, there are more and more people that ask me to have class uh, just concentrating on uh, making pasta, and that makes my life much, much easier because uh, being in a, a business that was producing pasta for more than 15 years and is still producing pasta, uh, it's, it definitely is one of my, I feel very comfortable into it. Uh, why making your own pasta is exactly the same why you have to try to stay far from ready-made meal and make your own meal and uh, choose your product, try to use the uh, freshest ingredients as possible, good quality. And I know, unfortunately, uh, food price is more and more expensive here in South Africa, but uh, you, you gain later having good uh, ingredients and you spend less time on uh, on uh, throwing away the food yeah. and uh, cooking properly. So definitely we have to spend a little bit more time on searching for the good ingredients, spending a little bit of money and time. In the evening, uh, we all work at, at the end of the day, we're tired and it's so much easier to just chuck something in the oven or in the microwave. Making pasta will keep you maybe 45 minutes, half okay. an hour. Yeah. Of course, initially you will struggle and you will say to yourself, why the hell have I done this? Yes, yes. Why shouldn't I open a packet? And, but uh, it gets quicker and quicker. I mean, uh, practice make it uh, perfect. So Yes, and, and if you see that 45 minutes as your workout time on your, on your biceps, then yeah. it's going to be uh, all worthwhile. Just explain to me before we go on more about uh, homemade pasta, the difference between the stuff you buy in a packet that's dried as opposed to the stuff that's fresh. Fresh pasta is uh, basically flour and eggs. Uh, dry mm. pasta is uh, flour and water. So there is a big difference. Also the oh. shape, you, you, you don't have uh, uh, some... Uh, some dry pasta you cannot produce it in the fresh uh, so like a farfalle yes very very difficult to do it so fresh pasta we intend tagliatelle lasagne uh, or field pasta with uh, 
spinach and ricotta, meat you can fill with anything that you mm-hmm. like. That's Pal- also, yeah, mm-hmm. in the little ravioli shape, alfemon shape, tortellini. So it's something that uh, also gives such a big, wide variety at your imagination. And that's what I like. It, it's, you can really, really enjoy yourself and uh, making whichever. So the difference then is water. The one what is the dry, the dry pasta? You have to have some water. More and more now they do eggs pasta dry, mm-hmm. uh, but it's another process. You have to, anyway, sterilize the pasta. You cannot uh, sell it. Uh, completely from uh, uh, done, uh, ready-made done into the packet. So it's another process. For the dry pastas, yes, it's mainly flour and, uh, and, uh, and water. Okay. And also different type of flour. We, there is a big debate about uh, durum wheat flour and weak flour and double zero and zero. And it's a little bit of confusion. Everybody thinks that double zero is exactly the same of durum wheat. It's completely different. Double zero flour and zero flour, it's flour that is the refineness of the flour so the double O it's uh, the flour that has been more refined from the whole wheat we go to number one number two zero and double zero and has got less ash inside and very very fine flour instead of the durum wheat and wheat and uh, weak flour is the grain one is very strong and high in protein and the other one is not the cake flour that we have got here is like our um, weak flour, but it's still very good for doing fresh pasta. You put eggs, so the eggs will give the, the, the hardness. You can add a couple of spoons of a semolina flour to make the, the pasta have that al dente. Sure, who knew there was such a, a science around no, yes, it, flour? Yeah, it, it is. It so is. Uh, absolutely, I can hear. So what's the optimum flour to use? If you Cake use? flour. Just just cake Absolutely. Flour. Go easy, okay. cake flour, don't even get and buy the special packet yeah. from uh, double O imported yeah. from Italy. But fresh cake flour, because sometimes you have a packet of flour in your cupboard that's been there for a very, very mm, shock horror. So uh, you have to, it has to be fresh, fresh. Yeah. How long, once the packet is opened, how long can you really keep flour? But, uh, I never kept more than a couple of weeks, so yeah, I'm not sure. Exactly. But, but there is an expiring date at the yeah. normally in each packet, and uh, you have to check that on uh, often, often, often supermarkets they put on the front uh, the, the product with the old, new, uh, old expiring yes. date and at the back the one with the new expiring date. So I would definitely check, especially with the fresh food like milk, butter, stuff like that, really be conscious okay. about So what it. we're looking at is just cake flour and eggs, and fresh eggs. eggs. Quantity, proportion? Quantity, exactly. Very important also to check the, the weight of the eggs. You, we call it uh, large, we call extra large and jumbo, mm. and four extra large eggs or jumbo eggs is completely different from four large. Yeah. So a large egg is between 50, 55 grams, 56, but never more than that. So I, w- I do weight my eggs. And my, the, my proportion that is uh, always a perfect mix is, mix is 400 grams of flour, four eggs between 50 and 55, max 55, three tablespoons of water, one tablespoon of olive oil. And you cannot go wrong with this. Okay, so there is water. There is a little bit of water. There is a little bit of water there, yes. You can add a little bit an extra eggs instead of the water, but for me it it doesn't make it elastic as I want it. Do you whisk the eggs first before you mix them in with the flour? I whisk it and then I throw it in. Okay, you sort of make it like a... What do they call it? Una fontana. <laughs> in, it, in Italian, it's very easy. Una fontana. You make one of those. <laughs> I'm assuming that means like a hole in the yes. mountain of flour. And then you put in your whisked eggs and your water. Yes. And you start to stir exactly. with a fork with your hands. 
I do everything by hand. Okay. There is a, a machine now on the market that are very good to mix that. So if you want to make your life easier, and it's absolutely fine. Use one of that KitchenAid that are fantastic. And put it all in. Everything in. And that saves you a good 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's quick and it's great and it does do a good job. And, and then we get to the rolling bit. When we get to the abs bit. Then we, we go to the, the rolling bit. Again, you see, if you have the eights, it's also important to save time but still have a very fresh product they sell also the machine the little machine Italian machine or, or Chinese go Italian please spend again a little bit more but the machine will last forever and uh, you just uh, pass this pass of course make it small portion don't take the whole lot uh, of dough and put it through the machine make little quarters little corners through the machine and you start from uh, number 6 to number 5 to number 4 reducing it until it became thinner and thinner and then you make the shape that you want. How flat does it have to be? How well rolled out does it have to be before you feed it into the machine? I know initially it's completely like a like ball. Like, yes, completely oh, okay. a, a little ball. And then you f- uh, push it into the machine, and eventually the machine gets uh, uh, thinner and thinner and thinner, and the pasta gets thinner and thinner. 45 minutes. Uh, what, how much is taken up on the, the mixing, the rolling, and the feeding? If you have the machine, the mixing is five minutes, uh, the rolling, let's say it's another 10 minutes and the cutting is another five. Mm. So it's actually really very quick. Yeah, and if I've it's field pasta, then yeah. it, we, we're changing time, because in this case you have to cook what pasta? field pasta, okay. like ravioli. Okay. Or oh, field pasta, okay. Then definitely we have to change the time, because in that case you have to be organized, and then you maybe do the filling one day, and the, that you know that you can, and the day after you feel the, 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 the pasta. So you know, I've been into people's kitchens where they've been making their own pasta, and you see all this... Yeah, hanging over, over things like the washing, you know. Does it, do, how long does it have to hang before you can cook with it? No, you can cook it straight away. Straight that away. is to dry the fresh pasta. Mm. That uh, It's something that I hardly do it because I rather cook it straight away or if for, especially for field pasta, I'd rather put it in the freezer. And uh, But if you have extra tagliatelle, like spaghetti, then that is the process. They hang it like, uh, like you say, mm. like washing a uh, little piece and they dry it and it's if about it, if it gets as far as the freezer you, you know maybe you don't because to go through all that process and only make a small enough amount seems like a bit of a waste mm-hmm. you'd make presumably enough for a couple of meals how long can you keep it in the freezer maximum one and a half to two months uh, and oh very, as long as that yes yes okay well, not more than that yeah. and then you have to use yeah. it and you will see if it's well kept it shouldn't do frost on top yes. but when you see frost on top of food it's not great Emma, I feel we've only just begun, but at least we've got f- as far as feeding it in and getting the strips and freezing it if you have the time. If anybody would like to know more, because I think you do do exclusively pasta making mm-hmm. courses, but you do all sorts of other yes. Italian cooking yes. as well, and it just doesn't come more authentic than that. What's the phone number? What's the website? How do we find you? The webpage is uh, uh, www.enricarocca.com. My mail is emma at enricarocca.com. My phone number, 082-37-888-55. Hopefully there are very beautiful and handsome men phoning me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. She said it, not me. Emma Freddie, thank you. I'm going to give out the uh, the website. And and you're in... um, Niente. Is that, would that be the right Niente, thing? Niente is mean nothing. Oh, okay. I, I want to say it's nothing. 
is nothing is, like you're saying is a pleasure. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's, it's, it's also fine. I've got you Quick Italian lesson thrown in there, together with a homemade pasta making. Well, if you'd like to get hold of Emma, Emma Freddy, and she's at the Enrico Rocca uh, Cookery School, and they're in Weinberg here in Cape Town. No, uh, with Constantia. In, I, in Constantia. I teach from my Cape home. Town. I've got a beautiful vegetable garden. I like to take people oh, there. We'll too. have to get you yeah. back again to tell us about the vegetable garden. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you, Nate. www.enricarocca, that's E-N-R-I-C-A-R-O-C-C-A. Tune in to Morning Talk with I have been concerned when you drive out to say the SABC and you go into Soweto. At one o'clock, the kids are already going home. Afternoon Talk with Asraf. When you receive monies from the layperson, from the Patrice Mosefis, do you really have the time, do you care to then investigate whether they in fact are paying their own staff well or you say, we need the money for a great cause and that's the truth, we're going to take it anyway no matter what. The Talk Show with Maschabam Claude. Does it not make sense for the state to share the costs with business to ensure that young people get the expertise that they need, get these particular skills that they constantly ask for and found wanting? Only on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Well, here on Otherwise, now we're all dying to make pasta. Doesn't that sound interesting? Including our next guest, she also found it interesting. She is Maureen Maguire, and she is the immediate past Federation President of Seroptimus International. And the reason we've got her in is to tell us all about uh, Seroptimus International in our women's organisation slot. The other reason is that she's here, all the way from uh, Northern Ireland, for the Cape of Good Hope uh, branch of Seroptimus International for their 50th anniversary. And I think they're going to be partying up a storm tonight. Maureen, lovely to have you with us. Thank you very much, and hello. Have you ever made your own pasta? No. So, Maureen, you're, um, you're the immediate past president, and I think that being an immediate past president, you only do one year. Yeah, you only ever right. do one year. Mm-hmm. As uh, president, you have four years stint, and you start off with vice president, then president-elect, then president for a year, and then immediate past president. And you're really there to help and support the president during her year of office. And I was here last year as federation president and spent some time with the Cape of Good Hope ladies, who were all absolutely delightful and showed me all of the lovely sights of Cape Town. And a lot of the wonderful stuff that they do. because I Oh, believe that I they was are, amazed yeah, at the projects that they did. I Which is what Sir Optimus International is all about. What's your um, mission statement? You're in 29 countries. What do you all do? Uh, well, the 29 country is only the Sir Optimus International of Great Britain and Ireland. Oh, okay. We actually have four federations. Uh, one of the Americas, one in Europe, one in Southwest Pacific, and one in Great Britain and Ireland. And Great Britain and Ireland covers 29 countries, reaching across from the Caribbean, in the east, right across into the UK, into many countries in Africa, and then into the like of Bangladesh, Pakistan, uh, India, Seychelles, Sri Lanka, Mauritius. And I was very fortunate last year to visit about seven countries. Oh, including countries. Uganda, I think. Including Uganda, Tanzania, and mm-hmm. the Gambia, and South Africa. So it was... Wonderful. So getting back to what the Seroptimists do, they, what we, is their mission? We basically work to improve the lives of women and girls worldwide. And we do that through um, fundraising, through service projects, 
uh, like um, in the Cape of Good Hope, have some wonderful projects down here. And I saw four of them this year, and I'm going to visit some more tomorrow. And uh, last year we went to the St. Joseph's Hospital for the chronically ill. And there I lost my heart to a little girl with two tiny pigtails. She was adorable. She was two years old, but obviously suffering from AIDS. And the care and attention that was being given there. And the local club supported that organization with toys, with bedding, uh, purchasing the cots that the, the children and babies lie in. And then we went to a library in one of the local schools, the Loria School. And there, one of the seroptimists had actually wanted to, she had such an interest in children learning about reading and writing and looking outside their own country and seeing what they could aspire to, which is one of, which is part of our mission statement, helping others to aspire. And through that, then we try to help them to reach that goal. And she um, took part of the school where there was a broken down roof. Uh, she obviously gathered in the men folk as well because, uh, and we call them seroptimisters, <laughs> and they they help the ladies. Mm. And uh, they did some repair work to the roof. And can I just say that you have a library in that school that is good as any library in the UK. It is marvellous. The range of books, they employ a librarian to come in uh, for so many afternoons a week and she takes a different class in turn and when I was there she was actually going through the newspapers and the kids were learning about what's going on in the world, not just within their own small community. That goes back to the aspirational approaches, moving on from your own. Our theme is education and leadership Mm -hmm. because we believe that if you have good education then that will enable you to develop skills and through the development of the skills then you become empowered and enabled to take your rightful place within the community. I'm imagining, I'm thinking about all those different countries in which the seroptimists are active, all four federations of them. I suppose they they get together, this group of women, and then identify projects that possibly they feel that they warm to or that they feel they can particularly help in and identify what the need is yeah. within that. We, we have a number of different program areas like health, education, environment, um, water, um, economic and social development, international goodwill and understanding. But basically we've asked them now to develop on the theme of education and leadership. But that would cover everything that yeah. you do. Um, and... We also want the clubs to work together on projects that actually do benefit women and girls because we believe that if you educate the woman of the family, you're actually educating the whole family. And so men and boys will will benefit as well from that. And Cape of Good Hope are just a shining example of, of, of all of that. How many, how many branches are there in South Africa? We have, uh, I think you have about 10 clubs within South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I visited uh, Cape of Good Hope, Johannesburg, and the Pretoria Club last year when I was here. But you have a club in Durban. A very, <coughs> excuse me, I've got a cold, so I apologise for my voice. Um, you've got a very thriving club in Durban because I met some very young, enthusiastic, and energetic women. And to all you women out there, we are looking for new members. Um, just please go onto our website, which is www.sigbi. .org and uh, there you can go into the clubs and you can click on South Africa and all of the clubs are listed on the website and you just click on that club and it will take you through to a page 
relating to that area where you are within South Africa. And you Africa. don't have to be anything special. I mean, if you've got a talent, I mean, I saw you were busy trying to canvas uh, Emma Freddie to join up. Absolutely. Was, well, actually, why not? She seemed quite keen, actually. I thought it was quite a good idea. So you don't have to be anything in particular. You just have to want to help. I think when we started up in 1921, we were started in Oakland, California. Uh, then you had to be in business or the professions. But now with equality legislation throughout the world, we are open to anybody. Mm. And we used to be an organization that you were invited to join. That has been taken away now. We believe that any woman can join our organization. Now, there are certain things that you have to do to, to join. We want you because of your skills and your enthusiasm and your energy. Because if we have a, a range of different skills, then we have a diversity within the clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some fees that you have to pay to become a member. Because like any organization, we need money to support the organization. But we have a lot of fun and we have a lot of friendship. And if you're a member of Seroptimist, you will always have somewhere where you can go in the country, in the world, and meet a Seroptimist from another Yeah, that's culture. so true. It's a real sisterhood, isn't it? It is. It is a real sisterhood. Gosh, Maureen, lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing all that. It feels like there are all these little lights of Seroptimists all over the world, with these women doing these things. Well, if you'd like to know more, and if you've got skills, enthusiasm, and energy, and a little bit of money to to sign you up, do it. Check the website. It's S-I-G-B-I. That's S-I-G-B-I dot org. And if you've missed it, we'll put it up on our Facebook page. That's otherwise on SAFM. Stay with us in a minute. We're going to be talking song and dance and also uh, filmmakers against women abuse. So do stay with us. But it's right now 1.30 time for the news headlines with Asanda. Thanks, Nancy. Good afternoon. Reports from the U.S. say the two suspects in the Boston Marathon bomb attacks are from Russia's Chechnya region and are brothers. One of the men was killed in a shootout with police after the duo killed a policeman at the world-famous MIT University campus. Alleged Neisner pedophile Adrian Wilson Forbes has been acquitted on all 79 charges against him in the Circuit High Court in Tembaletu near George in the Southern Cape. And the editor and publisher of SA Fly magazine, Guy Leach, says he is cautiously optimistic about the appointment of Monwabisi Kalawe as the new CEO at SAA. Over the past few months, the embattled national carrier faced severe challenges following the resignation of its former chairperson, Sherrod Karolas, and CEO, Sizam Zimela. For SAFM News, I'm Asanda Mazzaunyani. Details at 2. Back to you, Nancy. Happy Friday. Thank you very much. And don't forget, pasta rolling is very good for the biceps. Especially for you. Okay, thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know what you're going to be doing this weekend. (laughs) Well, there you go. We've got a couple of items. uh, Two opposing productions, I think you could say. One funny, the other not so much. In a minute, we're going to be hearing about uh, what's been called a black comedy. It's called Song and Dance with a playwright and also a first-time director. So that should be interesting. Song and Dance will give you all the details just now. But first... The Documentary Filmmakers Association are presenting filmmakers against women abuse. Well, on the line to tell us a little bit about it, what they're thinking is, we've got Mickey Redlinghase, so who is a documentary filmmaker herself, also part of Filmmakers Against Women Abuse. Hi, Mickey. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for giving us the time to talk about FOA. Yeah, well, I mean, thank you for what you're doing, because I think uh, everybody needs to be against women abuse, really. What, where, where did it start? What are you doing with it? Well... You know, this year started with so much visible news coverage of terrible incidents of violence against women. Mm. And, you know, for about three weeks, every day when I picked up the paper, there was something, and it was just so present, and it's something that's always been there, but 
I think the extreme nature of the violence and incidents that we experienced this year and also the people that I personally came in touch with their experiences um, personally or or close relatives, you know, it was just it was just niggling and I felt that something had to be done and you know, the DFA and the Encounters Film Festival have a long standing um, alliance where every year we try and present a a portfolio of films together in the past it's come in the shape of my town and this year when we sat down and we spoke about it we all felt very strongly that that we need to respond to what was happening and that is how filmmakers against women abuse came about i'm assuming that the, the dfa the documentary filmmakers association you're not just women no we're not just women mm. <laughs> anybody's well, I mean, welcome yes yes no, which is a good thing you know because i say we all need to be we all need to be uh, getting behind this one the, the, the idea of making endless documentaries about women abuse is a little bit... Mm. What, what's the plan? Okay, the plan is really that instead of sitting around and saying, look, this is terrible, this is awful, mm. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of news, there's a lot of sensationalist news. Um, it's really an opportunity for filmmakers to respond with very real stories, with, with very real experiences. It's not meant to be... Um, it, it's not a stand against men. It's not a. It's a stand against violence. Um, it's it's getting together and saying this is not okay. And it doesn't mean that every single film is is a, is a is a film that tells a story of abuse. It could be a very positive or poetic response. Just something, you know, whatever you feel in your heart, you want to say about the situation. So, are you calling on documentary filmmakers then to come forward and be part of this? Come up with storylines, suggestions. Yes, it's an open call. It's a platform where, if you, if, if like many of us, you're sitting there and you're thinking, I want to do something, I want to say something, I want to tell a story, I want to make a stand, but you don't know what would be the point or where you would have an outlet or a platform for that film. It's creating the platform. It's creating a, a body of work which could be shown simultaneously, which could be used in in interactive workshop situations which can be broadcast, which can be used by organizations dealing with violence against women. So we're trying to get filmmakers to volunteer their skills to respond to the situation. And I suppose you talk about responding. I suppose you've got to find a story to which you can respond. You've got to find uh, a way into this. What ideas do you have? Um, well, I think... You know, we all we all read the papers and we see stories, and in every story there's maybe something that touches us. You know, how does it affect the family members of somebody affected? How does it affect the family members of a perpetrator? Is there somebody with a story that they've never, they've always wanted to tell, but they've been too scared to tell? They didn't know who to tell it to. So there are many ways to respond. Maybe there's an artist working in the field, and you want to work with that artist to create a uh, a very creative piece that deals with it. So it doesn't have to be a very literal response either. You know, there are many ways to respond to to violence against women. Yes, so particularly if you have been, if you are a survivor of violence. I don't know. I'm sure you know the Selkie Bartman Centre here in Cape Town, but they made a series of. Uh, Documentaries. The women themselves made documentaries yes. about themselves. I can't remember what it's called. It was something like Beyond the Blame. But it was the most wrenching collection of little films that I think I have ever seen, where the women actually, they just, they used the camera themselves to sort of photograph themselves telling their story. And it really, really was. 
absolutely wrenching. So I suppose there are no limits to how you could go about it. But for some people, it might be a challenge. I mean, they, they might think, how am I going to do this so that it's different? Are you going to hold workshops or can people run their ideas past you? Um, there is a, people can log onto the website and there's a link they can follow and mail if there are questions about is, you know, but we're not going to engage, I'm not going to engage on the content with people. It's an open call for people to submit their, to submit their forms and once they've submitted their forms we'll respond. But we have had a lot of people writing and asking questions and we have responded where possible. Okay, what sort of questions are people just so that we have an idea of what other people are thinking? Well, people are saying, you know, I've made this form, can I submit it? And normally I say, of course you can, just, you know, make sure you fit the, the brief and that's three minutes long. Okay, um, three minutes, that's what you're looking for. The short three minute forms, okay. yeah, and they'll be, they'll be presented at the Encounters Film Festival as prequels to, to the longer forms, but there'll also, there'll also be a special screening around just, the, just these forms. What's the deadline? Uh, the 15th of May. Okay. Well, we know for sure that it's possible to make a film in 48 hours because we had the winner of that competition here on the, on the show, so it doesn't have to take you uh, forever, and it certainly doesn't have to be a great big budget. So the details then, once again, if anybody would like to know more, Mickey, are what's the website? You can log on to www.docformsa.com and then follow the links to Filmmakers Against Women Abuse. Okay. Presumably there's no money involved here. It's up to you. This is your opportunity to get your film screened. Well, what we've also done is we've asked all our members of the Documentary Filmmakers Association to contribute. We're trying to establish a small follower fund so that the form selected, if we manage to raise enough funding, we can pay a small screening fee to the selected form so we're not committing to a particular rate at this stage and it's also to give filmmakers who maybe want to respond to the situation but don't have time to make a film now to to help and support other filmmakers who do want to tell a story. So anybody's welcome. Um, The link is also on the website. If you want to respond and contribute to this initiative, please do, um, whether it's in donations or in kind. um, Or even just watch the films. Watch the films and and it's really the films are not there to depress people, but to make people take action for yeah. us to, as a nation, say this is not this is not okay. Yeah, no, good call, very good call, Mickey. Very best of luck. Thanks very much, and uh, do you. let us know when they're going to be screened, and I'd love to come along and have a look. Wonderful, thank you so Take much. Take care. Okay, Mickey Redlinghays. She's a documentary filmmaker talking about Four, which is a film against filmmakers against women abuse. And if you'd like to know a little bit more, maybe you've got a little mini film up your sleeve there www.docfilmsa.com docfilmsa.com and we will put that up on our website and the uh, uh, not on our website on our Facebook page that's otherwise on SAFM don't forget three minutes long of the deadline is 15th of May otherwise on SAFM it is indeed otherwise here on SAFM or from something that's uh, very emotional and very sad, something to something that is maybe also quite emotional, I'm not sure. But it's certainly very funny, from what I understand. Got in the studio with me Megan Furness, who is a playwright, writer, performer, director and vlogger and creator of a play called Song and Dance. 
And we also have actress Ntombi Makuchi, who is the first-time director of Song and Dance. Congratulations, Ntombi. Thank How you. How does it feel to be a, a director and not on the other side for a change? <laughs> it feels fantastic. Oh, good. I mean, very You can boss everybody moment. around. I'm not bossing everybody oh, okay. <laughs> You're taking the woman's route. Okay. That's just central. Yes. Well, we'll find out more about how the directing process goes in just a minute, but let's find out what the play is all about. Megan, Song and Dance. Interestingly enough, when um, before Song and Dance was written, um, Ntombi and I had a meeting. Oh, uh, uh, we were together, and Ntombi expressed an interest um, in directing um, because I'd worked with her as an actress um, and continued to work with her as an actress, and I told her about this play that I was wanting to write mm. and then the play got written and then I was uh, then it was an, an absolutely natural um, um, progression to, to get Ntombi to direct it so it, was, it really feels very in the family Song and Dance I have no idea where it came from I it's one of those plays that you wake up in the, mo in the middle of the night and you write and, and, and struggle with it and then f a month and a half later it's done and it's this—it's a very black comedy. It's very dark. I think completely hilarious, and a sort of very local story of a, um, a house robbing that goes wrong. That's so not funny. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a house robbery. Hmm. So we've got—we've got these two burglars, bungling burglars. Yes. How come it's funny? It's funny because they've never really done this before. And um, this is their first attempt, and they don't exactly know what it is that they're doing. And they are filled with a lot of bravado, and they get caught up in all sorts of situations, and it turns out that they have broken into the wrong apartment. The man who they've been watching, this is not his apartment. It's somebody else's. And when they discover whose apartment it is, things go completely crazy. And um, there are lots and lots of different twists and turns that are alternatively shocking and hilarious. I think hilarious. I uh, want to know where you did your research for this particular play. Do you have experience of this sort of thing, or have you have you got? I actually do, but I don't think I, I don't think that I um, I don't think that I re relied very heavily on it. But obviously, I must have been informed mm. by it. I only mm. remembered after the fact that I had in fact been a victim of a housebreaking with two burglars who had no idea what they were doing and they were absolutely terrified. I mean, I was also absolutely terrified. But I think that, I think that often what happens is that we, we have very clear ideas and very um, rigid ideas about perpetrators of crime and victims of crime and I think that they, I think that often it can be quite blurred mm -hmm. and that, that your perpetrators are often people who are in a bad situation, who can't manage the situation that they're mm -hmm. in um, and who have, who have ended up making a terrible mistake yeah. and that often your victims are much stronger than you think they are. And so while, of course, the root of the of the subject matter is is quite serious. I think we've tried to find a way that it it becomes satirical and dark and funny. And certainly there is there is um, a, a sort of Tarantino esque mm. kind of humour around it because it is dark yeah. and and and, yeah. and quite we, bleak. When we talk about black comedy, we, I emphasize that it's dark comedy, isn't it? It's, it's 
one doesn't want to confuse black and dark. Oh. I hadn't given that much thought. Just the truth of the matter is, is that the cast is black, yes. and Ntombi's black, and I'm not black. So there is, it is more black than what? dark, yes. I imagine. Yes. But it doesn't have to be. I think that, and that's a conversation that Ntombi and I were having just before we spoke to you, was that it... it it just so happens that the cast is a black cast, but it's the kind of thing where it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Um, well, robbery is a universal issue. Exactly. Not, not, not colour-bound at all. But, uh, and Tommy, tell us about these bungling burglars who are... Just, just give us a quick character sketch. Um, we've got Andile, who's the mastermind of everything. And Andile is played by Dion Nebulane, um, who's just amazing. And then we've got Fikile, Fikile who's been played by Anele Situlweni. And Fikile is, he's just um, what we would call, I guess, the, the kind of kwato guy, your um, gassy boy, doesn't care, chilled, laid back, um, but also just a follower of, of Andile, who's playing the whole thing. And... Um, Figure thinks that Andile has this whole thing figured out, but actually realizes he doesn't even have a plan, a master plan of how we're gonna get out of here, what we're gonna do, and what we're gonna get. But yeah, but that's that's um, that's what makes the story mm-hmm. fun. And it sounds like these guys are sort of taken to the parts like ducks to water. I, I'm not sure if you're describing <laughs> the character or the guys playing it, or are they? You're finding that they're pretty much pretty pretty well cast. They pretty well cast. Mm. <laughs> so it's an amazing cast. It's so as a director, you're not having to drag too much out of them. You're not tra- trying to sort of get stuff out of them that isn't there in the first place. Um, no. They, um, I'm, I'm a workaholic. I really I push people to just other places. But with these guys, they are professionals. And the, the most amazing thing is that they, they got the script from the minute we did a, a play read for Panzer. They were there. They, they understood. They liked the script. And they got the characters from day one. And that, for me, has been the most amazing They got the way thing. you wanted them to be and presumably the way that Megan wanted them to be. But I, last time I saw you, we were in London Road. Yes. And um, it's interesting to hear that you're a workaholic because... It, I can't remember the name of the character you were playing, but she was, was she Nigerian? She was Stella. Nigerian, Stella. Yeah. <laughs> Stella, and she did lots of <laughs> sort of noises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much you, you, you sort of uh, entered the part and got into that whole thing. Have you, uh, have you had to sort of push them quite hard to make sure that they are exactly what you want all the time? Because it's very easy to slip, especially in funny things, I would imagine. I, um... Uh, what I believe in is that it's not about me. It's about what they think the character. Uh, I give them a structure. This is the character. But the rest of the work has to be done by them as the actors. And it is also them who needs to follow and f- do follow up, do research, add more layers to the character. Because I'm just a director sitting be- um, back and just behind the scenes doing my work but they have to do they have to go the extra mile Mm. so I haven't pushed them in my direction but I have just showed them this is the direction and also this is what we have on the script so you guys need to take it further so 
Interesting that you should say I'm just the director. We've always been led to believe that the director is the man, you know, the, the, the sort of the person with director written on the back of the chair. It's, it's very important that, um, that your stamp is on the whole thing. What tips has Megan given you? I mean, this is your debut as a director. What have you learned about directing? A lot. Megan is a funny, crazy director. And <laughs> you'd, like the, 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 the day when I just said I wanted to direct, for that on its own is like someone you tell that I, this is what I want in the, long, uh, in the longer future. This is what I want to do. And not even long after you had the conversation, she's like, okay, I have this idea of this play and you're going to direct it. So I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. But she she constantly gives me the advice that um, play, you guys play. If you guys are happy, then I'm happy. And the excitement that which Megan works with, I also love that. She's very she gives you she gives you the script and she tells you go do whatever you want with it. That for me is a director who just allows the the actor to go explore, find stuff, bring them on, bring your suggestions, and I'll take away what I do not think as, will work. Having been on the other side as an as an actor yourself. What have you liked least about directors? I mean, I hope all directors now are listening carefully. <laughs> what don't you like about the director and what do you appreciate from a director? I, I appreciate learning from a director. I mean, all the directors that I've worked with, they were all amazing and fantastic. Um, I'm constantly, when I go into, when I'm being casted for a production, I just go blank. If you, if you, I believe that as an actor, the job of my, my job as an actor is to come in blank and tell myself, I don't know, I don't know anything, but I'm here to learn. And the most amazing thing about the director, what I like, is a director that allows you to play and bring on suggestions, takes away what's not working in a very nice form. <laughs> and like Megan, who later on goes like, I know you when you're lazy. <laughs> Well, I have to say, it sounds like you've been having a lot of fun. So it may be hard work, but it sounds like it's lots and lots of fun. We've been talking to Ntombi Makuchi, director for the first time of Song and Dance, and also to Megan Furness, who is the playwright behind it. Lovely. And if we've uh, whetted your appetite, the production is going to be happening at the Colt Bay Theatre on May the 3rd, the 10th, and the 17th. So you've only got three cracks at going to see it. So No. No? Is that from the 3rd, 10th? Uh, those weeks. Those weeks. Oh, you've got Wednesdays to Saturdays. So don't sit back and relax, because it's going to get booked out very soon. So if you'd like to know more, www.kbt.co.za. Kbt.co.za. It's called Song and Dance. It has been otherwise. Thanks.